G'day, and welcome to the What I Think, Watch, Listen To, and Eat Each Week podcast. My name's Gary, and you can find the show notes at garydlum.com. So this week's uh, blog post and podcast is titled, What's in a Name? So what's in a name or two? The virus formerly known as 2019 Novel Coronavirus, and the disease formerly known as 2019 novel coronavirus infection. Are you confused by the new nomenclature for the virus and the disease? Changes in names of microorganisms can be frustrating for non-health people as well as healthcare practitioners, and not least for ageing pathologists and medical laboratory scientists like me, who also struggle to keep up to date. The names of organisms and the diseases caused are important. It's important we get the names correct and we use the names correctly so that we have clarity when communicating about microorganisms and infectious diseases. The virus formerly known as 2019 novel coronavirus has been named by the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses. The committee designated the virus as Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2 or SARS-CoV-2 for short and it sits in the species Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome-related coronavirus alongside SARS coronavirus. The species sits within the genus Beta coronavirus. The World Health Organization has designated the disease caused by SARS-CoV-2 as Coronavirus Disease 2019, or COVID-19 for short. Getting the distinction correct between the cause or etiological agent and the disease or syndrome or manifestation or condition is important. It's frustrating to read experts refer to diseases by using microorganism names and vice versa. I find it odd when looking at a list titled something like Important Agents of Concern and then see anthrax listed rather than Bacillus anthracis, or in a list titled something like Important Diseases of Concern to see Listeria rather than Listeriosis. As you can tell, I'm a pedantic old fart. That said, I've been pleasantly surprised by the media reporting and the use of the disease name COVID-19. As expected, Most medical and health professional groups have adopted the naming conventions in their stride, and it's good to see science shining through rather than what we often see when science is communicated poorly, that is, the race to the bottom and lowest common denominator communication based on a mistaken belief that people in general are either not capable of learning, which in my opinion is an insult to the collective intelligence of humanity, or they're just not interested. Annoyingly, I've heard a few people refer to the COVID-19 virus rather than using the designation SARS-CoV-2. The one thing which has confused some people is the name Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, which suggests that COVID-19 is similar to SARS from 2002 and 2003. 
The diseases are quite distinct. However, because of the level of genomic similarity between severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, or SARS-CoV, and severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2, both viruses were put into the same species, that is, severe acute respiratory syndrome-related coronavirus. The naming conventions used are more about the genetic relatedness rather than the disease manifestation similarities. Virus nomenclature and taxonomy is a little more complicated than for naming conventions of life forms. Note, I didn't say other life forms because many virologists do not believe viruses are living entities. On Thursday evening, the Australian Government's First Minister asked Australians to support those Chinese businesses which were suffering because of the poor understanding of the biology of infectious diseases. While there will always be racist people who are at best ignorant and at worst are intrinsically evil, there are some Australians who assume anyone of Chinese appearance is infected with SARS-CoV-2 and has COVID-19. If someone of Chinese appearance coughs or sneezes on a bus or train, apparently there have been racist chants of go home. I mean, can you imagine if someone like me coughed or sneezed on a train or a bus and then somebody told me to do that, I'd tell them to bloody fuck off and that I already am home. The Chinatown communities in cities are suffering a downturn in business, so on Thursday night, while listening to my Prime Minister, I made sure I tucked into some deep-fried goodness from a Chinese takeaway. This week, in support of fellow Chinese-looking people, I'm eating my evening meals with chopsticks. Now, for some reason in the show notes at GaryDLum.com, WordPress isn't letting me embed tweets, so if you go to the show notes, you'll see a few uh, links to tweets where I've been tweeting about supporting Australian Chinese and Chinese Australians or Australian-born Chinese or just, you know, bananas, people like me, yellow on the outside but white on the inside. So what have I listened, what have I watched this week? Well, because I've been so busy with work, the only thing I've really watched has been some Star Trek Picard, and this week we got Absolute Candor, Episode 4 and Season 1. Now, be still my beating heart. This is the episode which brings back to Trek one of my favourite characters and actors, uh, that is Seven of Nine, who was played by Jerry Ryan. In terms of listening to podcasts this week, uh, it's been light on, but one thing I've uh, enjoyed has been the New England Journal of Medicine Journal Watch podcast. The New England Journal of Medicine is a premier medical journal. Its online services are pretty well regarded globally. The journal has a subscriber service known as Journal Watch, which features experts providing commentary on the medical literature which, with summaries of findings on major breaking medical publications. The service also has a free podcast, which is worth subscribing to and listening to. During the current COVID-19 situation, I found services like this to be invaluable for keeping up to date. What have I eaten and photographed this week? I've tried to keep up with my food photography of my evening meals at a minimum, and so in the show notes at GaryDLum.com, you'll be able to see some photographs in a gallery. Uh, Click on one of the images and scroll through the rest. I hope you enjoy the images. There's quite a bit of uh, yolk porn, uh, as well as some very nice looking steak.
On Yummy Lummy this week, I posted a recipe for reverse seared porterhouse steak. This is the first time I've used the reverse searing method for cooking a steak. It worked out pretty well and I'd happily recommend it. In the show notes you'll find a link to the uh, recipe over at yummylummy.com. So what's happened on randomyummy.com this week? Uh, it's been a little bit quiet with no posts on a couple of nights, but there are posts from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday and Saturday. Please check out the show notes at garydlum.com and you'll see links to Random Yummy and the individual posts outlining uh, short recipes to what I've eaten. So final thoughts for this week. Are you a fan of taxonomy? Will you support Chinese Australians? And have you been watching Star Trek Picard? And what do you think so far? So that's it for the uh, podcast this week. Please head over to the show notes at garydlum.com. And if you've got any questions or comments, or if you just want to let me know what you're thinking, please leave a, uh, a comment in the comment section of the blog post. I'll catch you later. Thanks very much. Bye.